Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hey, I just want to make you aware of something that I'm doing that may be important to you or someone that you know. I have a lot of clients who are approaching retirement and they're really struggling with many things, finances, mostly purpose, tying their identity to the role that they're in. What are they going to do when they retire? Is it going to be fulfilling? And I have a six-session Act 2 program set up specifically for them. So it's as simple as just going to my website, maryleegannon.com, clicking on the tab Act 2, and you'll get all the information there. No need to worry about retirement. It's going to be the time of your life. Hi there, friend, and welcome to episode 77 of the Still Space podcast, Finding Compassion When You Have Nothing Left to Give. How we walk with the broken speaks louder than how we sit with the great. Compassion is powerful. We all think we have it, and then we see something that makes us uncomfortable, and we forget how to show it. We can't find it within ourselves to even give it to anybody because we're focused on how low we feel in the moment or how uncomfortable we are with somebody else's discord or suffering. I've been paralyzed by this too. I had to work on how to feel what I was feeling in that moment where I felt uncomfortable, then demonstrate compassion to myself first when I had little of it for myself in the first place. This was really hard for me during a difficult divorce. I felt persecuted time and time and time again. I was losing in court. I couldn't find attorneys to represent me because I couldn't afford to pay them. It was a really difficult time. And I remember thinking, well, how can I help anybody else? I just don't have it to give. And I see this in people who are really suffering, people who have been laid off for a job for a very long time, people who have lost a loved one. They just have a really difficult time healing. And lack of compassion shows up when someone close to you is grieving and you don't know what to say or do. So you start to avoid them. And grief could be over not just a death, but a loss or any suffering. Sometimes when someone is suffering, you start wondering if their situation might happen to you. You start comparing their situation to yours. You're frustrated that you can't fix their situation and you feel inept. And you're just so spent. 
You don't have anything left to give. In all of these instances that I'm talking about here, including my own, we make someone else's suffering about us. Yes, we're in our own heads and not their pain. When you don't know what to say to somebody because the situation is so bad, you're in your head and you're not allowing yourself to just be present with them. You don't have to fix the situation. We get so focused on, if I could just make this better, but I can't, so that makes me inept. No, they don't expect you to fix the situation. They're already isolated by that situation. If you could just come alongside and say, what's honest? You know, I can't fix this for you, but I certainly can be here with you. Do you mind if I just sit with you for a moment? Or do you mind if I take you for coffee tomorrow at nine o'clock? Can I come by and pick you up? Because the old, let me know if you need anything, that's not sincere. It doesn't say anything. It's nothing words, nothing words. But when you can say specifically, hey, I don't know how to make this any better for you, but can I just be with you? I'm, I'm happy to do that. I want to be here for you. That is everything. At work and in life, the detachment that we feel when we don't have compassion for others looks like we're being cold or detached, or unfeeling, self-consumed, ambition-driven. When that's really not who we are at all, it's just the covering that we lay over our discomfort because we don't know how to deal with it. And the first thing you can do in the still space is just take a very deep breath and say, I need a still space moment. May I be gentle with myself here? I am really struggling. And say out loud what it is that you're struggling with. Write it down on paper. Talk to somebody about it. Just to get it out of your head. This makes me really uncomfortable. What is it that makes you uncomfortable? You know, compassion is an action. It's where you demonstrate your consideration and that you care despite your discomfort inside. So you might be really uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean you can't put your hand to your heart and say, hey, I've got this. May I be gentle with myself in this moment? Let me bring you closer, little one. And let me just hold you for a moment. Just a little self-nurturing goes a long way. Demonstrating your compassion is freeing. When you can do that for yourself, you can do that for others. Real compassion requires self-management. Management of the discomfort that you're feeling. It leaves space for silence. We talk often about silence on this podcast. You're holding space for yourself. You don't have to fill in the silence. Listen to the silence. It knows that being there is enough without having to fix anything. Trust yourself. Believe in yourself. That still space reaches out with specificity. Not a simple call if you need anything. In this space, you put ego aside 
to listen. It melts fear. It takes courage. It bends. It follows up with people. Follows up with yourself. Hey, I just need to check in with myself. What am I feeling right now? It's okay with not being perfect. It's just interested. Interested in you. Interested in others interested in just being an ear. We listen three ways. We listen so that the other person takes a pause and we can tell them what we think, which isn't helpful. The second level of listening is we know how to fix their problem. And as soon as they've stopped talking, we tell them, or worse yet, we align it with, oh yeah, I went that through that too. I experienced that. They really don't care. They're suffering. Of course, they care about you, but in the moment of suffering, they're looking for some relief. And deep level listening, third level listening, is where you're just listening. Think about when you were managing teenagers, right? (laughs) Teenagers, they don't want to hear what you have to say. They're not interested in your opinion. They're not interested in you telling them what to do. But if you can come alongside a teenager and say, Yeah, that's pretty stinky. I I wouldn't like that either. What do you think you want to do about it? Now all of a sudden you're interested in what they think. And they're sort of taken by surprise. Well, that's the same thing you do with somebody who needs compassion. But the way that you're going to find to give that authentically is to first give yourself a still space moment where you can take a deep breath and acknowledge that This is a little uncomfortable. Some people have this feeling when they go into a funeral home. I don't know what to say. I don't want to go. You don't have to say anything. You just come alongside somebody and say, I'm here for you. I want to listen. I'm going to come by this week and see how you're doing. That means the world. I can't fix this, but I'm a good listener. We're all walking down the same road in life, and sometimes we need a hand to hold, and sometimes we're called to be the hand that reaches out. We cannot make things personal, because when we do, we don't show up for ourselves or for anyone else. When we make someone else's situation about us, well, this makes me uncomfortable because I don't really want to be around her when she's that way, or she doesn't like me, I'm not treated fairly, he always excludes me. All of these externalizations of making our situation about somebody else, we've stopped checking in with ourselves and are living by external validation. It's a call to self-nurture. If you want to be happy in life, don't take stuff personally. Let things go. Let people be. You're not there to fix their problem. Focus on what you can do to manage yourself, your mental health, your spiritual health, your well-being physically, personally, and financially. When you can manage yourself, you can show up holistically for others. You don't make expectations of yourself. You allow those to flow through you because they don't serve you, and you know that. You untangle the difference between truth and assumptions. Your self-awareness is so keen, you catch yourself before you go down the rabbit hole of doom and gloom and fast-forward your life to a negative ending. You know your value because you notice when you're in your genius. 
Emotional independence gives you the presence to be there for yourself and for others. But you have to manage yourself first to be there in a far greater capacity for someone else. Compare that to when you are dependent on someone else or another situation to make you feel whole. All of your power is now gone. In this space, you can give yourself time. In the space where you have presence of mind to manage your emotions, you give yourself the time you need. The talent and kindness that you have is now available to yourself and others without expectations. Your identity is defined by your soul, not validation from someone else. It's not someone else's job to make you feel comfortable when they're suffering. In this way, you're free. You're free to love with a full heart, not an empty one. May I be gentle with myself today, for I am seeing myself in a new way. May we all focus on one thing today showing those around us that they matter and belong, that we accept them as they are, someone with good and bad days, who is trying to make their way in the world, just like everybody else. And may we give ourselves space to remember that we too are doing the best we can. Things happen. How we relate to them is what makes them good, bad, or just something that happened. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. Don't let what's happening around you get inside you in a way that weighs you down. Allow yourself to observe what's around you. The lighthouse doesn't fall into the water during the storm. All suffering comes from wanting something we don't have. The ability to stand grounded and not doubt yourself or feel inferior, or feeling like you're there without something that you need, or feeling you don't belong, or feel the future, is life-changing. You don't take rejection personally there. Wishing you a day where you can first find compassion for yourself, and believe and trust in yourself as you have relied on yourself before, and know that you have a huge heart, and that the world is behind you supporting you, and that you have the ability to give that heart away. Because when you do that, when you help others with that heart, that heart only grows inside you. Wishing you the peace of compassion today. Okay, leader, many of you have reached out and asked me what it's like to work with me in my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle. So I'm going to give you a very brief overview of exactly what you get in working with me for that six-month program. You get transformation. You get walking into any room, any situation, knowing you belong, having control, having people come to you. But on a tangible basis, what does that look like? It starts with seven one-on-one laser-focused individual coaching sessions with me over six months, and then access to the six months of live weekly small group coaching calls 
And because you know I only coach a handful of people, sometimes there are only two or three people on those calls. Sometimes it's only you and me. So that's like another weekly coaching session. And you get to get the perspective of other executive leaders who are in the same place that you are. Get six-month access to my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life time-saving assets, trainings, modules, and all kinds of workbooks that personalize this to you. The self-discovery is inspiring. Can't wait to get on to the next module and see how much more self-control you'll have over those negative thoughts that have been holding you back. There's a private online community where we can share daily questions, but the special bonus is you have 24-7 email access to me. I'm your coach on call. You want me to look at your resume? I'm happy to. Any of the exercises that you're having difficulty with, you don't have to wait to the call. You just reach out to me and I will get back to you within 24 work hours. You're having a problem at work with somebody? I'm your coach on call. There's a leadership intake analysis that I read on my own time so that I can get more background on you and not have to use up your sessions with me. And exclusive to this program, Flow on the Go Weekly Planner, where you can track your routines, track your gratitude, track what's changing, what's showing up for you. Well, what does this look like over the six months, Mary Lee? Okay, number one, that first month, you notice your patterns, your habits. You start noticing the patterns and habits of others. You have defined your signature strengths and your personal values, and you're applying those. And now you're starting to dream again. You have a vision for yourself, for your career and your life. You've stopped judging yourself and others. In month two, this is where I've taught you how to self-regulate with curiosity. You process difficult and stale emotions and release them. You replace your stuck story with how you're not whatever enough. And you are now creating a career plan with confidence, feeling worthy. You have self-control over negative thoughts, over your behavior. And months three to six, you are playing blue sky big. You are soaring here. You are self-empowered. You execute your career and life plan. You shine, apply for stretch roles if that's what you want. You have better relationships and control over your food intake, your sleep, your exercise, your self-care. You have compassion for yourself. And you know that person that you really dislike? You actually have compassion for them. So there is a link in the show notes, maryleegannon.com slash consultation. Go ahead and apply. I will reach out. I'll set up a phone call with you. We can go over some of the details, but I'm interested in helping you be that mindful leader with a satisfied life. And there's no reason to wait because it happens quickly. I'm glad you were with me today. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. 